Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome, everybody, to After Work Drinks, the weekly catch-up between best friends and magazine editors, Isabel Truman and Grace O'Neill, that you are lucky enough to join in on. Hello. How are you, Grace? I'm good. I'm living it up. I'm technically 98% pasta at this point. Pasta, red wine, coffee. You're wearing your togs as we wearing speak, my togs, which, which feel very for the unknown at you. New Zealanders is a swimsuit. <laughs> Cute togs, looking very lush while I sit in... Actually, it's really warm today here in London. Yeah, I just being in the sun, being in the ocean, as you know, is something I've too recently discovered I enjoy. (laughs) (laughs) Grace thought she didn't like going to the beach until um, like a year into our friendship. And I was like, why the fuck have we never been to the beach together? Because I am at the beach every moment like every waking moment of my life and realized that even though we were best friends we'd never been to the beach together and grace thought she hated the beach he was like let's go and i was like uh. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sick because <laughs> i don't like to be disagreeable but then yeah so now we're here every day and it's amazing but one like quite hilarious thing about um the beaches in italy is that because they're not sand beaches they're rock beaches they're really difficult to get in and out of so they're, yep. do you know what I'm talking about? They're like massive yeah. mossy stones that you slip on. So everyone's like on their hands and knees getting in and out. I haven't been to the coast of Italy, which needs to be 
fixed ASAP, but I, in Croatia, everyone was like, oh, the beaches in Croatia are just like Australia and New Zealand. They're so beautiful. And then you get there and it's bloody rocks and pebbles all the way into the ocean. And everyone's wearing those ugly beach Beach shoes. Shoes. I was like, what is going on? And then I went to walk in and I was like slipping everywhere and nearly falling (laughs) over. And then I had to like sit on my butt and like maneuver myself in. And I was like, how is this one of the most famous beaches in Europe? You can't even get in the ocean. Yeah, we are like, they are honestly so much better at home, the beaches. Even in Greece, I went to Greece and people, and there were, you couldn't even get to this one beach and you had to pay all this money to sit on the, um, you know, the, the seats with the umbrellas. And then I got there and I was like, this is like New Zealand and Australian beaches shit on these beaches. Yeah, we're, we're so lucky. It's just something I keep realizing more and more every single day that I'm away from Australia. And I have, um, God, I just sound like such a fucking whining millennial. I'm just trying to be relatable but I just have like all this pain in my neck and back from laying on just literal hot rocks for like six hours a day (laughs) I was like this is nice I guess well looks looks lush on Instagram doesn't it It does it looks good on Instagram so (laughs) and while I've been on the beach I have been listening to the audiobook of Raven Smith's Trivial Pursuits which I think Mm -hmm. it just came out at an awkward time where we weren't together and bookshops weren't open etc etc but we love Raven Smith and it's a really, really, really good book to listen to in audiobook form because he narrates it and he's so funny. And his oh my God, he's so delivery funny. of some of the lines have made me like laugh out loud on the street. They're just so, so good. So amazing. To that. How are you going? I did a huge book stock up, which I am so stoked about. Because remember a few months ago and I was telling you that I hadn't read in so long, which is really out of character for me because I've loved reading since I was a kid. And then I realized recently that my brain couldn't focus on reading because my brain was focused on all this other crap and I just didn't have the capacity to read. And now I'm finally getting back into it. On you. Baby's reading again. So I bought um, An American Marriage by Tiari Jones and I've been meaning to read it for so long. I actually ordered it before I went back to New Zealand for lockdown and then left it at my old house, decided to buy it again. <laughs> fuck's sake i've heard so much about this book i'm really excited to steal it off you yeah it's so good so it is um the story of a black man who was wrongfully convicted and imprisoned and the impact that it has on his marriage and his wife and his family and it's told through at the moment i'm only um like halfway through but it's told through at the moment three different people's perspectives so it's kind of about less about the fucked prison system and racist america and more about the actual impact that these specific cases have on individual lives. It's so interesting and it's just beautifully told. It won the 2019 Women's Prize for Fiction. Amazing. So I would highly, highly recommend that. And then I bought Florence Given's book for my little sister, which I'm sending to her. Oh, nice. The book everyone needs to read. I'm pretty sure everyone, based on the numbers, I'm pretty sure everyone who listens to our podcast will have listened to our Florence Given (laughs) conversation. But if you haven't... Go have a listen. It's so funny. My little sister sent me a note I wrote her when I would have been um, 21 and she was 11, about to go into high school. And it was my advice for her. And it's just such a piece of shit. Oh, should I find That's it? so cute, Izzy. Oh, my God. I feel like at 21, I didn't have very good um, advice for a preteen to okay. be listening to. It's kind of cute. So I was like, drink water. All the time, underlined, especially when really drunk. She doesn't even drink. <laughs> Always, 11. She's so, I know. Always trust your instincts. 
be true to your good friends. Always remember that I'm just a text away. School is the most important thing. Think high. She's now in her second year of med, so I'm going to take... You're responsible for that. I think it's quite obvious. (laughs) Uh, Boys come and go, which is now related to girls come and go, but also not because she's been with her girlfriend for three years. Family and read more. I don't know what that is. I don't know what the family (laughs) Family? (laughs) Just the way you're like, you get it. Something about family. And then... (laughs) On the back, these are the things I told her she should do with her time. Play tennis, which is going to lead us into our next conversation. <gasps> these are all the things I think. You know how people have children because tennis. they want to... Um, but you know how people have kids because they want to replicate like what they wish their lives had turned yeah. out to be? This is, I think, what I was doing to my sister. These are all We've things never discussed to. tennis, you enjoying tennis, you having secret aspirations to be good at tennis. like Until this week, right? Okay, yeah. And then now it's popped up again. But no, I did tennis lessons when I was younger. And then I just stopped going because I was a brat. Um, play tennis. And, uh, and, I, and I've like tried to play it recently, but I'm just so unfit Stop. that if I have to run across <laughs> the I don't know why I just see image of you play. I don't know why. I just, I just associate the kind of person that plays recreational tennis with being just so, so far removed from anyone we know. I know, I know, I know. Yeah. I'll play tennis with you. You'll feel good. No, it will be way too unfit, Grace. Honestly, when they hit the ball across the court, you are just puffed. So play tennis, surf, guitar, keyboard, running. I'm not sure. Oh, maybe this was... Is oh, this no. just any like hot, like recreational hobby you could think <laughs> of put on a page? Get a university page. degree and save money. But anyway, in Florence Givens book, I was like, disregard all that shit advice and just listen to her instead. Yes. Aww. I wrote that in it. So nice. I mean, speaking of the tennis. Yeah, why not? Let's keep talking about it. (laughs) I um, moved into a new house in London with two of my friends and they were watching the US Open. And I am just, I'm one of those people that just kind of doesn't notice anything going on around me until I just focus on it. And then I focused on this one game and was like, I love watching this. What the fuck? No, watching tennis is great. And I was just taking the piss, but it's one of the few sports that I'll actually sit and watch a whole game Oh my of. God, I couldn't look away. It's so great. Um, And I mean, it was a very insane match. It was Serena Williams in the semifinals against Victoria Azarenka. And it was the first time two mums met in a Grand Slam final. Wow. In a Grand Slam semi-final, which was cool. Um, and Vico wasn't even sure she she ended up in the finals against Naomi Osaka. But I was stoked that she um, didn't win. But then also it was like kind of her story was kind of cute because she wasn't sure she was even going to go back to tennis after the birth of her child. And then she had like this horrific custody battle and she broke down at one of her press conferences and stuff. Um, but then she decided to come back and she fucking killed it. She beat Serena Williams. It's amazing. And it was like such an intense game. It was a crazy game. And then she went on to verse Naomi Osaka, who is a fucking legend. She's 22. Um, she won two years ago against Serena Williams very famously. And that was right after Serena Williams had given birth. And so the whole crowd was booing Naomi when she won. It was it was also that, um, that one where Serena kept getting penalized for... Yeah. Uh, yelling quote unquote at the ref so it was like the worst yeah. way to win her first grand slam <laughs> it was really yeah sad. and yeah. then um she was crying and serena was comforting her so this is the second time she's won the u.s open and again there was like no crowd no stadium in the middle of a pandemic so can't wait for she's had such a nightmare yeah. run she's like finally this time it'll be nice and <laughs> yeah. there's no one there um but she is 
incredible and she wore seven different masks for seven different games right through to the final so she had seven masks and if she got to the final she'd get to wear them all and she obviously did and she also had her boyfriend was sitting in the front row this little cute musician and he was wearing a defund the police top and in the background where her <sighs> like fans would have been um it had a sign saying moving black faces to the front what a legend we love her she's so cool wow i love naomi osaka so happy Same. i love won. her so much yeah. Something that we both watched this week, which has just left me rattled, terrified, scared, sad, etc., is The Social Dilemma on Netflix. Yes. It's all to do with the ethics or lack of ethics in major tech companies like Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Google. I feel like it's kind of stuff we already know, but then when it's put in front of you... Mm-hmm. Like that, it's in that condensed way, it's so much scarier. But it just makes me kind of feel, um, I'm just like, everything feels quite bad at the moment. It feels just scary. I'm mm. like, what's going to happen if these guys don't take responsibility and stop making us into robots? But then they're obviously not going to do that. Yeah, so the, the documentary, like you said, we, and probably a lot of you listening, knew a lot of the content of the documentary there's a guy called Tristan Harris who basically left Google about a decade ago after he tried to get them to start implementing ethical changes around how they engineered the product and they ignored him and he did a podcast with Sam Harris about two or three years ago that I think we've talked about in our podcast a couple of times and he basically just talked about the way that um if you have a if you're using a service online and it's free and you're not paying for it, then you are the product. Like you're either paying for the product or if you're not paying for the product, you mm. are the product. So with Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Google, all of these products that we use for free every day and don't think about, the reason that they're free is because our uh, habits, online habits, are sold to advertisers who then pay these platforms to target us in really 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 like nuanced crazy ways that we wouldn't yeah and i love the way they explained it because for a well a while ago and i think we've already said this on the podcast as well i was of the mindset before i'd done any research into this please don't judge me of being like oh if they have my data what are they going to do there's nothing that i'm hiding you know my age where i live who my friends are it doesn't matter but then you look well then you realize that every single motion you take is being monitored and they're monitoring it to get to know exactly your makeup and exactly how to very slowly and very slightly kind of change your opinion or get you to buy something or get you to look at something. Um, and it, that's what's ha- what happened in the US election. That's what's happening all around the world. And that's terrifying because you don't even notice the changes. You don't even notice that anything's happening. And when you're watching it, you're like, oh, my God. What?" So a great example in there, because, again, I was the same as you. I was watching it saying, oh, yeah, I know this stuff. I know this stuff. I know that they use tactics that they use in mm. slot machines to keep you addicted. I know they do X, Y, Z, attention economy, blah, blah, blah. But they showed in Google that what comes up as the eight most searched things, you know, when you're typing in Google and it autofills yeah. or whatever, what the responses to those are are completely based on your internet activity beforehand and where you live geographically. So if you live on the uh, East Coast in New York and you type in climate change, 
the eight things that will come up will be climate change, Paris Accord, climate change needs to happen in five years, climate change is real, climate change scientists, etc. And if you are in the Midwest aligned with Donald Trump and have a tendency towards conspiracy theories, it will come up with climate change is a hoax, climate change is not real, climate change debunked. Mm. And that's being shown by Google. Yeah. <laughs> so you think that that's telling you the truth. Yeah. It's, cr- it's, it's crazy. It's so crazy. Like people are literally living in different planes of existence yeah. and they think we're the brainwashed idiots. Yeah. And we think they're brainwashed yeah. idiots. So like when um, that, who was it, some sports guy thought that he got in the rabbit hole and thought that the earth was flat and then he came out and apologised and was like, oh, I'm so sorry I got in this crazy rabbit hole and then all of these other people were like, oh, the round earth has got at him. Everyone thinks everyone else is has lost it. Yeah, that's the thing that's so scary about it. And that's it. even going back to, I think I mentioned it a few weeks ago, Michelle Obama and Barack Obama's talk on her podcast. They were talking all about how there is no such thing as community anymore because we're all in our own little tribes like there's this tribal mentality now which is really scary there's the anti-vaxxers in one group there's the like flat earthers in one group there's the um covid is fake people in one group and because the more extreme the content the more likely you are to respond to it those people like you talk about pizzagate was an example where a guy Pizzagate is this conspiracy that literally no one can even track the origins of it. That there was this pizza shop in Washington that Hillary Clinton was using as a front to sex traffic Mm. children. And this man went um, with a gun and tried to shoot the place up. But for him, he genuinely thought he was protecting children from sex trafficking, right? So it's like we look at him and think he's a kook. He's looked at all of this stuff on places like YouTube and Facebook and Google, which he thinks are reputable. And he's thinking, why is no one else doing something about this? I need to help these children. And ev- like, it's like everyone's living in these alternate mm. realities. It's so fucking And then scary. what they said on The Social Dilemma, which I found so wild, is that fake news on Twitter spreads six times faster than real news. That's been proven. So they, they do that on purpose because real news is boring and fake news keeps people scrolling because they're trying to figure it out so all the coronavirus shit that the government started it that it's a hoax that nobody's sick that it's all 5g that spreads faster on purpose so more eyes see it and so more people get confused and get down these rabbit holes and stay online and places like facebook and um youtube at the moment there's no legal regulations to make them monitor the content that is going up. Like, that's the problem. You watch that whole documentary and you just feel at a loss because you think, well, we can't put the genie back in the bottle now. We need this technology. All you need is regulation. All you need is fact-checking. When we worked at magazines and we wrote, say I wrote a story about how khaki is back in fashion this season, we have a fact-checker who sits with me and will go through every single thing word for word I mentioned in that story and will be like, oh, you actually said that Fendi showed six-inch khaki heels, but I looked and it looks closer to four inches. Like, that's the level of detail that we have to have right as a publisher of content. And yet Facebook and YouTube can put up anything anyone's written whatsoever with their banner on it and there has there's zero regulating or fact-checking yeah. it. It's quite insane. It is insane, but what I find, what I think they're grappling with as well is, like, I think it's just gotten so out of hand that they don't even know how to stop it. Because it's, it's so many people use Facebook and so many people are posting on it constantly that how do they, how do these machines know 
what's real and what's fake because they're just machines. It's not actual people mm. sitting there approving every post that goes up. So now they're trying to figure out how that to get the AI to know it's fake news. I think that I think they are to give them some credit. I do think that some of them are trying to do that, but it's just I think it's just blown so out of proportion that they're like, holy shit, what have we created? And that was what was so great about this documentary is that everyone it was interviewing people who had invented a lot of this technology and there was that really cute guy and he was saying i i'm the co-inventor of the like button and when we sat in a room and came up with the like button at facebook we were literally saying to each other oh my god this is going to create so much positivity in the world you're going to be able to make someone feel good and make their day and let them know that you think they look nice or you're happy they're on holiday he said we it didn't even cross our minds as being a possibility that in the future teenage girls would be getting um, suicidally depressed because they were getting less likes than someone else on selfies or whatever. He was like, we could not even imagine how big Mm. this technology would get. So people just made all of this stuff and now it's just gotten out of control. Yeah, and a couple of crazy points that I noted down is that there's only two companies that call their consumers users, illegal drugs and software. Um, Another, just a little Mm. tidbit, is like Instagram isn't just sitting there waiting to be used. It has its own goals and it's using your psychology to get your goals from you. We just think these are fun little games sitting on our phones, but they actually, they have something they want from us at the same time. And Mm -hmm. also, this is so sad, suicide rates for girls aged 15 to 19 are up by 70% this decade compared to 2000 to 2010. And girls 10 to 14 are up by 151%. And social media came around in about 2010, you know? And I I think that that is... It's such an awful statistic, but it really tracks for me with what I imagine to be true for teenage girls now on social media and I think we were very lucky to just miss that generation. But we actually got a DM from someone after our conversation with Naomi Wolf who said that she really felt in that conversation that Naomi Wolf um, tried to put the onus of how you feel about things you see on the internet um, back on the user yourself or back on the young girls themselves. And that wasn't fair. And we actually agree with that. We um, kind of try to argue with her a bit on that. And we're kind of a bit surprised that that was her opinion. But I think that it's not a matter of like how pervasive Instagram is in terms of body image is not anything that like one single person with a resilient sense of self can like battle with. You could be the most confident, emotionally strong, mentally stable person. If you're bombarded with images of girls with abs all day, every day on your phone, six hours a day, it's going to have a mental impact on your sense of self-worth. Yeah. And you can, you can try and avoid that, but no matter what you do, you'll still see that content. Because every single motion you take is being monitored. TikTok's actually the craziest for this too. They adjust the algorithm if you pause for one second longer on a certain image or a certain video. So if you're scrolling, 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 and then you just pause, you don't like it, you don't comment anything, and then you keep scrolling, they will note that down and then adjust your algorithm to it to keep you on the platform for longer. So if you pause for one second on a bikini photo just to be like, damn, that makes me feel crap you're going to start seeing more bikini photos. Yeah, even if you don't like them, we think that our likes dictate what we see. That the time we spend on stuff dictates what we see. The likes are kind of irrelevant. It's pretty insane. At the end of the documentary, um, they asked everyone involved, what are you scared of in the future based on the way this technology works now? And the former CEO of Pinterest was like, civil war. (laughs) 
I was like, Jesus Christ. That's what everyone's talking about in the US. Everyone's oh, talking God. about the fact that there could potentially be a civil war after this next election. It's like going Jesus. that way. Very scary. I think it's a really good documentary for everyone to watch just to, even if you think you know a lot of this stuff, just the way, like Izzy said, that it's packaged is just a really good reminder that we need to get on top of our tech usage. And I think just getting in the mindset of like being willing to to pay money for products so then you're not the product that's being monetized I think is like a mindset people need to start to get in we're so accustomed to getting everything for free on the internet that we forget that sometimes it's actually worse well, yeah like the calm app I was like I don't want to pay money for this and it's like paying money for your mental health so you like have something that will help you meditate I'm like no and also imagine if the calm app didn't charge you for the app so therefore when you listen to it you get ads in yeah. between <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean like that way if, if you didn't pay for it they'd have and, to add sleep they're, they're training retraining your brain harry stars is like you're enjoying a nice wine cooler from <laughs> disco's use the discount code harry 10 yes. something that should make everyone feel a little bit better is even the former ceo of pinterest was like i know all of this i know all of this and still it doesn't help because it, that's the same with us as like i know what they're doing and i still pick up my phone like i picked up my phone and and went to go on instagram while i was watching the documentary and then i was like jesus christ and like put it back down and then i picked up my phone again and i was like oh my god and then i went and put it in the bedroom and then i was like what if there's an emergency <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah so and like it's just it's even if you know it's bad for you, it's an actual addiction. Like it's it's not just as easy as um, putting your phone down. Now we're all we're all addicted to something because there's a dopamine and all of the yeah. literal same things that happen when you're actually addicted to a drug. So I need to go to rehab. I'm literally the phone addiction thing is so real. Where I'm the same. Where I'm on holiday, and the whole reason that I'm here is because I went through like a very stressful emotional time and feel like I really need a break and to be relaxed and I I I have tried every day to leave my phone at home when I leave the house and I just cannot do it I'm just in a panic that something's gonna happen someone's gonna call me I'm gonna miss something really important and then I think I'm gonna be more anxious not having it than I am gonna be having it yeah 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 exactly (laughs) same sometimes I just which is just like I'll just put it on loud so then it won't make me reach for it because it's on loud so if I if anything happens and I don't have my notif- like Instagram notifications on or anything so if it's on loud the only thing it would be is a call or like a text from you or whatever um, but then yeah you end up just picking it up crazy my biggest thing is Instagram I don't use any of the others I don't use anything but I use else, Instagram literally. all the time <laughs> I use Instagram like three to four hours a day <laughs> well I checked yesterday mine was two but I was still like that's fucking bad what am i even doing like i'm not posting i'm not posting anything so what am i doing on there just looking just lurking i don't know what i'm lurking in the shadows god anyway anyway (laughs) what did you think of the very random and uncalled for man repeller (laughs) rebrand i think that's what we call leaving the witness um yeah, yeah, no, but the same thing. I was so surprised by the Repeller rebrand. Um, so, so Man Repeller has rebranded as Repeller with a new logo and a new website aesthetic. Um, but it's it's rebranded in the aftermath of what was essentially just a call to have like a more diverse staff 
and more size inclusive yes. Instagram feed. Mm-hmm. Um, so the whole uh, rebrand seems random and deflecting yeah. i guess i just don't understand the problem was never the aesthetic or the name or the styling that was the one thing everyone loved <laughs> the aesthetic and the style was the thing that made it man repeller and the name was what the name everyone has loved for 10 years and it's like then they put up they put up this post saying that the reason they changed the name is because it seems dated now because at the time she was saying that it was like deflecting from the male gaze but now they are a brand made by and for the full range of odd eggs, banana nut loaves, and curiously spicy sweet potato fries who want to find a community online. Everyone was like, what? Okay, that that sentence feels like an AI bot was given, like an unsophisticated <laughs> AI bot was given some, spat some words at it that were man repeller adjacent and just came out with that yeah. sentence. And a person commented below you know and goes, who am I to define what gender-inclusive language looks like? But I feel like comparing gender neutrality to banana bread is not a good start. This is the funny thing because it's it seems like they're safeguarding themselves out of an assumption that in the future there would be a woke backlash to the name. Mm. So they wanted to get on it early and change it. But I really don't think that anyone ever had a, a an issue with the name ever. And it also suggests that like what was being asked wasn't just a kind of basic standard question. People just wanted a racially inclusive Size workplace inclusive, yeah. out of a publication that they loved. And I just don't understand why that was taken as meaning take every bit of um, personality out of this brand and and try and make it feel as super woke as possible. It, it, that kind of feels like what it's done. And it seems like a real rush job. Like that logo is very canva.com energy <laughs> we love canva <laughs> but yes but for, for a website of that magnitude you know what i mean it's just and i hate the website now i don't even want to go on it i loved how fun it was and how colorful it was i feel like they're gonna lose a lot a lot of people from this even even if just because the website's hard to navigate and looks shit now but the phrase repeller doesn't mean anything. Like man repeller just immediately makes sense. You understand what it is. It's wearing wacky, weird yeah. cargo pants and big frill collars and things that men find random but you love. That's the whole basis of the website. So I'm just curious as to what um, it's going to end up looking like instead. Yeah, it feels very, very much like they're just trying to tick all of the boxes. But there are so many boxes that they added in there that nobody wanted. nobody wanted ticked it makes you wonder with places like this like what is man repeller without leandra medine and it seems like they've taken a lot of the leandra medine-ness out of the website yeah that's very true it makes me wonder if she's so essential to the entire thing that it will just be people following what she does next yeah people someone started an old man repeller account with just cool photos of her style which is what the site used to be (laughs) yeah but i think in like i don't know all the other staff members but i know harling ross left i like a lot of their most iconic has harling ross left gone as well Mm, yeah i noticed that in the comments and then i checked oh and yeah their other um hayley someone left like a couple of months ago and um gian who's from australia who was their managing editor I know she has just moved home to Australia so she would have left as well yeah 
yeah so i think it's like a major change it does that's uh, you got to give places time to and we'll watch them what repeller does and and give them a chance obviously but it just felt like that initial caption and relaunch announcement which went down like a ton of bricks like all the commentary around it was negative um it felt like someone guessing at the man repeller tone instead of it just being the man repeller tone which can always be a bit dangerous yes i also feel as though this chat should have come at the start of the podcast because it's very um very celebrity-ish but I'm just going to throw it in here did you know that Zac Efron is living in Byron Bay randomly and met his new girlfriend while she was a waitress at the cafe that he was at and now they're dating and have been dating for three months and she's moved into his home and obviously quit the cafe that's such it's a like nice a rom-com story. literally a rom-com yeah. and then oh god her name is Vanessa Veladres. And she is beautiful, obviously. And then in less cute news, Katie Holmes has a new boyfriend, right? And he's this kind of like Soho restaurateur. Um, looks like a bit of a fuckboy. Getting big fuckboy vibes. His name is Emilio Vitolo Jr. And his um, dad started this really famous celebrity loved restaurant in New York. But they've been seen pashing and making out all over the place. And it turns out that um, until the photos were shared by the Daily Mail, he was engaged to his live-in fiancé. Whoa! Yeah. And they were engaged for 18 months and have a cute puppy together. And he dumped her, reportedly, through text just before the first photos, um, paparazzi photos were shared. That's um, quite wild. So then one of his friends said to the Daily Mail, Rachel had... Rachel has fiance had no idea what was going on um they had concrete wedding plans in the work in the works and now she's just left with bad press and forced to move home um what's more it sounds like Holmes knew about knew about this relationship status when they became friendly back in October so I think back in October yeah so I think Katie has met a type a fuckboy which is unfortunate because she just had a bad run with Jamie Foxx being a bloody sneaky little sausage as well what did he do Mm, apparently he would just never commit to her he would never show her public affection he was always kind of being a bit shady that vibe and then i think because i think what it was is she was with tom cruise they broke up and then she was dating jamie fox quietly but in her divorce papers from tom cruise he said she couldn't go public with another man for five years so i think her and jamie fox were on the Mm -hmm. down low but then once that was lifted katie holmes probably thought things were going to change and i just don't think they did and like there was all this stuff in the press of Jamie Foxx supposed to be visiting her for a weekend and then just cancelling and then him being seen at the clubs with like other girls Mm. and stuff um so then they broke up and then now she's got this guy who has a fiance okay I'm loving the Daily Mail headlines on this because this is obviously their dream story Katie Holmes new Bo's ex Rachel Emmons smiles as she she is pictured Katie Holmes' new Bose ex, Rachel Emmons, smiles as she's pictured for the first time since being dumped. God, I know. They're such rough. dicks. Katie Holmes keeps it casual on a grocery run, dot, 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 while her bow takes a smoke break. <laughs> what? 
A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. And on one of the photo captions, they go, loving. Emilio gazed lovingly at Katie while donning a beige newsboy hat and a V-neck shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Who writes this crap? Wow. Okay, well, there you go. We haven't had a celebrity scandal in a while, so... I just hate that Katie Holmes is a part of it. I know. Okay, on to some serious, serious celebrity (laughs) news. The most serious celebrity news in a while, sort of. Kardashians is ending. So it's been 14 years and 20 seasons, which is quite insane. And Kim announced on Instagram that they're no longer creating the series anymore, which I don't know. How did you feel? I feel like I was like, yeah, okay. I don't see how you'd keep filming in a pandemic. What do you mean in a pandemic? Well, I just feel like it would be very hard to make the Kardashians to make that show land during such a difficult time for Mm. the world it's you know they're still making the real housewives and that's still fine and selling sunset is like the most popular show on tv right now and that's all about rich houses and rich people um so I feel like Mm. that not so much of the thing but I just think that it's kind of just getting a bit more irrelevant as they all get on with their separate lives um I haven't watched it in ages though so I could be wrong and I feel like they were just getting over it really Courtney I think ruined it for everyone Courtney's my least favorite (laughs) they just don't need it anymore right because it's I I saw people I know sharing on Instagram Things like I was today years old when I found out the Kardashians were still running. I think a lot of people didn't even know the show was technically still airing because not a lot, I know a lot of people watched it, but I feel like a lot of people weren't even aware it was still running because the whole Kardashians ecosystem runs totally independent from I know, the show. and they make so, 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 so much money that why would you still want a bunch of cameras following you around all the time? I think. The reason they left it going for so long is probably because they were worried about somehow becoming irrelevant because their whole thing is about staying in the spotlight and having content for that show. But they're just never going to become irrelevant now. Yeah, but I, I I do feel like they must have seen the writing on the wall in the sense they've kind of hit a spot where they have to a certain extent run out of storylines because all of the sisters have kids and the kids aren't old enough 
to be interesting in the show and that's going to be a good six or seven years before that starts to become a thing, at least. And it's wild that um, Kylie Jenner for one minute had a spin-off show and then that didn't work. And she's probably the most uh, loved by the younger generation. She's got the most followers on Instagram. You would think that that would go nuts and it just didn't at all. And then a couple, like, they've all had spin-off shows. Mm. It never worked. I know. It's really interesting, the glue of how reality TV works. It's been interesting reading everyone's dissections of, like, what the Kardashians are and what they mean about culture and how they really have defined the last 15 years, really, in a way that's so unprecedented and so, like, hard to even pinpoint. I've always had a theory after watching The People versus OJ and Hadley Freeman actually touched on this in a story she did for The Guardian about the Kardashians that the whole Kardashian thing started with OJ because that trial was just such a massive media sensation. It was kind of the first like reality TV event in a way where every single element of it was like broadcast into people's living rooms. People watched the trial like it was a TV show even though it was real. And so many of the key people involved in that trial, including Kris Jenner, went on to be some of the most important people in the creation of reality TV. And I think from then till now with the election of Donald Trump, it will be this era that's just seen as the reality TV era. Mm. I can't believe that OJ Simpson is Kim's godfather. I just didn't even know that. Yeah. It's really messed up. Like, it's so closely linked. And that the Guardian, that piece in The Guardian was saying that Robert Kardashian did an interview from Chloe's bedroom when Chloe was 13 or 14, saying this is where OJ was when he was threatening to shoot himself in the head before he got arrested. Mm. And I told him, don't do it because my daughter, Chloe, has to sleep here. Like, he, even their dad was kind of playing the reality TV game in these formative years before they even knew. Yeah what reality TV was and it's kind of what differentiated the Kardashians from Paris Hilton or The Hills or Laguna Beach or any of those shows beforehand was they were willing to give everything yeah. like nothing yeah. was off they show the messy divorces that's that's I think the good that came from the Kardashians is that they actually show all of the drama which proves that even when you're beautiful even when you're rich even when you seemingly have everything in the world that really shit things happen to you that fuckboys are unavoidable that um, you're still going to struggle with your mental health, like Kendall Jenner and Kanye West and Kim's marriage breakdown and Chloe's, um, Chloe and Lamar's marriage breakdown It's and Rob's depression. It's been, there's a lot that's happened on that show that is very relatable to people despite them being so unrelatable in a lot of ways. And it's interesting that they've caused all of these giant cultural conversations a lot of the time without even engaging in them like it's interesting they're as famous as they are without being woke for example in our understanding of woke then they don't really engage in feminism or issues such as feminism in a direct way and yet they're used for us to discuss feminism all the time when we discuss slut shaming when we discuss unrealistic beauty standards when we discuss um black fishing like all of these concepts are all which are like the biggest cultural talking points all linked back to the kardashians yeah and even though caitlin jenner is undeniably the worst um she brought the trans conversation to the mainstream 
with her Vanity Fair cover mm. and her reality TV show, which did so much good for the trans community. And then Kim as well with her prison reform, literally getting prisoners released from jail who were there for 20 years. They've done a lot of good stuff. Yeah. They're just... I don't know how to describe it. They're like this logical conclusion of American capitalism mm. or something where it's when you're willing to capitalise and make money on every single part of yourself, you're rewarded for yeah. it. It's so fascinating. I don't know. I, I it, it will it – 100% will be no question asked, something that will be studied in school curriculums, in university PhDs, in – like the unpacking from the legacy of the Kardashians will be going on forever. But it's not over, obviously. That's why I'm reticent to talk about the Kardashians because obviously the impact of the Kardashians is going to keep going on forever, whether we like it or not. So I know that a while ago you hadn't even seen the Kardashians, really, so I don't know if we should be speaking about this without you doing a marathon of the past 20 years. I know. I I haven't seen much Kardashians yeah. I haven't that's, seen many and that's full why episodes. I think it's so funny because so much of the criticism obviously I get I get it with the criticism of the Kardashians I don't love them in any way shape or form but with the show the criticisms of the show come from people who haven't watched it and when you watch it it is such a funny show because they they say Grace like all of the shit that me and you would say if we're just in a room together being completely unfiltered talking absolute crap that we don't really mean, but just to be funny. And you're like, I have nothing to wear and this is the end of the whole entire yeah. world. Or yeah, and then they'll like just say that on camera. And so it's it's funny because you're like, I get it. I know, it's like when she lost her diamond earrings in the ocean and everyone was giving her shit. I was like, I'm pretty sure everyone would be upset if they lost a $100,000 diamond yeah. in the sea. Just because it happens to be <laughs> like in Mauritius or wherever <laughs> yeah. they are. But I remember watching The Hills with you for the first time which I hadn't seen before. And I just thought this is so insane that this show ever garnered like a cult following because nothing happens in any of the episodes. But that's kind of the point. The point is just it's pervy and fun to watch glamorous people just do kind of day-to-day things with a bit of drama thrown in now and then. But just just the watching people do stuff is entertaining it's really hard to describe the Truman Show yeah like the yeah literally and now because of Instagram I guess you don't need that anymore because people are already just doing that on Instagram stories exactly and also in another article I was reading it pointed out that Kim has three times as many followers on Instagram as all of Condé Nast US magazines combined so every single one. Oh my god Um, so now they literally are like one of the most powerful media companies in the world and so They've kind of made reality TV obsolete in doing so. Kendall Jenner made $26.5 million US dollars across 53 sponsored posts in two years. I think that was in one year. Yeah. In one year. That's, like, mm-hmm. nuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you really think about what that looks like, $26 million US dollars in a bank account for sponsored Instagram posts, that just really is insane power and influence so last weekend an incident at a gender reveal party started one of the huge californian bushfires that has burnt through seven thousand acres and has made three thousand people evacuate their homes because of a gender reveal party okay so this is really interesting because we saw this 
And I had in my mind in the way that I think is very common now the gender reveal parties. You know, you know how we think a bunch of shit is traditional that's not traditional? Like we think bachelorette parties mm. and wearing white to your wedding and all these things are traditional and they only happened in the last mm. 40 years or something. I thought gender reveal announcements were some old school relic from the 20s or something and they were invented like 10 years yeah, ago. Yeah, <laughs> by this woman who started them by accident and now she has a non-binary kid and regrets ever starting them. She said... Um, after this Californian fire, she said, stop having these stupid parties. Stop burning things down to tell everyone about your kid's penis. <laughs> so her gender reveal thing was she had a mummy blog and she cut open a cake and the cake was pink inside. And that's how she announced at a, a small gathering of friends that she was having a girl. But I just thought the gender reveal thing was a, a more old school traditional thing. And it isn't, which just showcases how random it is. Because why is it starting now? Why is it starting now? It, it's it's fucking Instagram. No, yeah, it's Instagram. So in April, there was a ten-acre bushfire in Florida that caused eight million US in damages. A crop dusting plane stalled and crashed in a Texas field because of a gender reveal party. Shrapnel from an unintentionally built pipe bomb nearly killed a grandmother, and a crocodile almost bit off someone's arm. And these are all things that are happening because people are trying to film it for Instagram. Yes. So Romy Strid, who is a, and I don't mean to single her out individually because there are, I'm sure, a lot of celebrities and blogger figures who have done gender reveals on Instagram. She's the person I can think of who most recently did one. And her and her partner did the big shake up the gas thing and shoot either pink or blue. I can't remember. Air everywhere. And I remember seeing that and being like, this is just such a strange phenomenon that everyone has started doing and I think what happens with social media is that it's like the psychology is when you see something happen enough times you just start thinking that it's normal and has always been normal so you just do Mm. it yeah because it doesn't really make much sense otherwise I loved to mention Raven again he did a piece for British Vogue and he said Gender reveals highlight the growing trend of pregnancy being played for aesthetics, stage managed specifically for our feeds as we capitalize on the marketability of every life moment. We're celebrating literally anything at the expense of our safety. Yes. So there was an article in The Atlantic as well that talked about how our millennial generation has become obsessed with giving too much time and value to life moments that were just banal life moments to our parents or grandparents' generation Mm. and how things like engagement, weddings, bachelorettes, pregnancy, buying a house, which all just used to be considered just steps of living a life as an adult, are now considered things that we need to have this almost fetishized, monumental celebration about. And it's becoming almost like an in-competition with other people to celebrate it more. It's actually very weird when you think about it. It's very weird. We posted actually on our Instagram Um, being like marriage, engagement, pregnancy, and a new child are amazing things to celebrate, but they're not the only things that are going on in people's lives. Don't forget to celebrate your friend who ran a marathon, your friend who left a toxic relationship, your friend who's back, who went back to school, your friend who's taking steps to heal from trauma. So many people are on so many different life paths. And now we all are trying to get to these specific goals. Sometimes I think just so you can be posting it on Instagram or telling people that you got there. And it's worth thinking about the what the goals that we consider these the worthy goals like what they represent because it's it's like all of the things that fit a very banal heteronormative uh 
not patriarchal, but like, but fit into all of these existing power structures that we like and are comfortable with, like marriage, like having children at a certain age, like home ownership. Those are all the things that we're still obsessing over and things which question power structures. So people uh, deciding not to have kids or people deciding not to get married or people deciding to launch a business or whatever other things that we don't sanctify and obsess yeah. over. Like, isn't that yeah. quite interesting? It's like keeping people in this headspace that you need to get engaged, you need to have a baby, you need to get married to be a fulfilled whole human being. Because if you don't have it, what's wrong with you? Capitalism, baby. And it's like how obsessive we are over this is proof yeah. of that. Exactly. Couldn't have put a bit of myself, Grace. And someone... Someone wrote in The Guardian something really true as well where they said that if any, if anything other than straight white people were doing this, this would create, like, a moral panic. Like, if this was a Muslim tradition <laughs> or a, yeah. a trans tradition, like, if trans people did gender reveals to announce that they were transitioning and they had parties like this and announced it that way, or if it was a um, gay marriage thing or something, if it was anything apart from straight white people that were doing this, the fact that they were causing this much damage, that people were literally dying, that they were reigniting the California bushfires, it would be like Donald Trump, everyone would be writing op-eds, everyone would be like on Fox News freaking out, coming up with like strategies to combat it. But because it's palatable white people doing palatable white people things like have babies, everyone's like, oh, they just made a mistake. Yeah, this one party <laughs> destroyed more property than every single Black Lives Matter protest riot off the back of the protest did combined but no one's causing a fuss about it because it's white people instead of black people or instead of people affiliated with i mean black we're people. causing a fuss about it but well, yeah i mean obviously obviously people tell their friends and staff if they're having a boy or a girl but we know so much about gender now and that it doesn't really exist in a binary i just find it random that it's taking off at the same time that people are saying they don't care about gender anymore yeah and i mean it is I mean, it's a horrible time. It's a pandemic. There's a recession. If you want to celebrate the birth of your baby with a cute pink or blue cake, like, I think that's obviously absolutely fine because every person to themselves. But I don't think there's any point bringing an alligator into it. That's just what I'm going to say. It's just the shooting shit <laughs> off into, like, a wilderness when there's, like, historically fires every season. You know what I mean? It's like, it doesn't have to be some massive thing where it's, like, gender reveal parties are morally wrong and blah, 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 blah. Like, I don't think... I don't think that's the case. I just think it's, like, a lot of this just seems to be common sense. It just seems to be going to the extreme where it's not even about the baby anymore. It's about the yeah show that you're putting on. God, in social media, so, know, silly. so silly. Like, the stuff that we do is just so silly. To get uh, the the other thing that um, scared me about the social dilemma Netflix documentary is they were saying that this generation, Generation Z is the last generation to ever, like us now, we are the last Mm -hmm. generations to ever um, be born kind of and to be able to study this. And the next generation that's born, they will grow up their entire lives with social media, whereas Generation Z kind of got it when they were 10, 11, 12. This will be a thing that Mm -hmm. how do you know you're in the Matrix when you've always been in the Matrix is what they said. And I was like, God, I don't know. We, and exactly, we know, but we're still people, not doing that's anything. That's what I mean. It's like people now exist on Instagram from their parents' gender reveal party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, that's their first Instagram experience is now, like, the belly. in utero, a little speck the size of a croissant. 
and then that's being announced and getting likes. And then so their entire existence is on social media from like minute yeah. zero. That's, that's wild. wild. All right, I will let you get back to the Italian summer. I'm going to go read my book in the park because it's 28 degrees in London today. Two sun-kissed <laughs> girls living it up. Please rate, review and subscribe. Again, only positive things. Write negative things in our Gmail inbox, would you? No, it's fine. Say, yeah, send us a DM. Want, but yeah. DMs are better because then we can be constructive. Exactly. Oh, I meant to say this to Melbourne is actually, we have on our Instagram, um, like highlights feeds with just like a bunch of books, TV shows, podcasts and things that we love that we've actually been curating over ages. So if you're in Melbourne and you're stuck inside and you're looking for recommendations, because I was thinking we should make a master list for everyone in Melbourne to no, have. Yeah, we have. But we kind of already yeah, have TV one. TV shows, podcasts, beauty tips, articles, books, all on our Instagram highlights. Yeah. So if you're at a loss for something to do or read or watch, that's there. And we're thinking of you and we love and, you. And on <laughs> and <laughs> we're not going anywhere yet. <laughs> on our IGTV from the start of lockdown, lockdown, we got people to do takeovers. So we've got, you know, how to make a mood board. We've got 15 minutes um, Pilates, abs and glutes burner, which is really hard. We've got a full body workout on there. We've got a morning stretch routine. We've got a breath and heart meditation on there, all on our IGTV. So there you go. Check it out. Okay, I love you guys. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Discover South Carolina.